Welcome to Prezen Studio's first podcast release. I'm Jesse. I'm one of the co-founders of Prezen and host of the panel you're about to listen to. Prezen is a running-focused brand creating beautiful sportswear. This podcast is the perfect pre-marathon race day listen. There is a lot going on around the marathon. It can be a bit nerve-wracking to figure out how to handle everything you're supposed to do leading up to the race, how to execute your race plan, and ultimately how to take in what just happened after you finished running. And so this panel gives guidance on all of these areas to help you get ready for your race day. Our panelists include Kimiko from Hot Boys, Mo from Track and Core and Hoka, and Ali from Marie Claire. These experienced racers share their tips, tricks, and advice, as well as a step-by-step guide for race day. This conversation was originally recorded back in April, and it centers mostly around the London Marathon specifically. But the advice is universal and can help out anyone getting ready to race. So all right, on to the panel. Okay, so thank you all for coming to this 2023 London Marathon panel. We're really thrilled to have you here. I'm one of the co-founders of Prezan. I'm Jessie. That's Lexi. She's my co-founder. And we're a running-focused brand highlighting universal athleticism and creating modern sportswear. And we launched in October, and we're so happy to have you all here with us tonight. Um, we're going to be in this space through April 27th. Please come back. We have a full calendar of events. You can check it out on social or on our website. Um, Okay, so a little bit of background on why we're doing this panel. Um, A marathon is a big deal, and it can be really nerve-wracking to figure out everything from the training to getting to the start line to executing a race plan to celebrating and recovering. So we think that it's super helpful to learn from experts, and we have a trio of panelists who've done it many, many times before. And not only that, they've devoted themselves in one way or another, to giving back to the running community, whether it's through starting an all-female running collective, being a certified coach and sponsored athlete, or a full-time journalist covering the running space. So let's introduce our panelists. So Kimiko is the founder of Hot Boys Athletics, a women's running collective, and she's also the global head of marketing at Soho House. And Mohsin is is a multifaceted and inspired human force. He's the founder of the diverse track community, Track and Core. Uh, He's also a Hoka racer, a UK athletic certified coach with CRF licensing, and he's on a run streak. What's today? That is really bad, isn't it? I don't know. 470-ish. Day 470-ish. And Ali is a Marie Claire UK health and sustainability editor, Boston qualifying runner, and eight-time marathoner. Cool. Okay. So, yeah, let's welcome them. Okay, so each of you, uh, let's have you introduce yourselves. And what do you love outside of running? Because we're going to talk a lot about running today. Um, I would probably say buying records, listening to music. Um, We did have a chat on the run today that obviously staying up late uh, doesn't really mix well with getting up early for runs, but um, yeah, collecting stuff that take up space. Just want to say thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, no, you, you, I mean, in a nutshell, you said everything there to say. I'm a health editor. I always knew I wanted to write, and I feel like, as you said, I've kind of dedicated the last seven years to telling people's stories and sharing great kit recommendations and also hunting out great pastries. You'll always find me at the end of a long run at a good bakery. Hello, I'm Kamiko. Um, I really, I really enjoy running. I spend a lot of time running outside of work. It actually is what keeps me grounded. But I think outside of that, I really love the arts, whether it's 
going to the theater, galleries, seeing cool architecture. I think that's kind of like my thing. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to pass it back to you, Kimiko. Um, but let's hear from all of our panelists on how did you get into running and what was the turning point where it stuck and it was this hobby that you grew to love? So for me, I feel like I've been running my entire life, really. Um, started when I was a kid in sports. I ran track. I played basketball. Took a little hiatus through high school and university where I was a cheerleader for quite a long time. Um, and then when I moved to New York City in, I think, 2009, um, that's kind of when I got more into endurance running. I just fell in love with running loops around Central Park. Um, yeah, and I think that's kind of when the real love of it started, what keeps me going. And actually what brought me to it at that time was... I think just for mental health reasons and to keep myself grounded and still to that day, I think it's a really big reason why I run. So I'm <clears throat> kind of similar but different. I was not a sporty teenager at all, like really not at all athletic. Um, but my parents moved to New York when I was 16, 17 with my three younger siblings and I think I used running just as an escape, as a release, as a way to kind of... It is laughable now looking back to think that A-levels were stressful, but they were stressful at the time. Um, and just a way to, like, unwind from my day. It became my headspace. And then visiting them in New York, Central Park is such an amazing place to run. So I just, yeah, fell in love with it, watching my mileage. It was kilometres at that point, but tick up every week. I loved that. I fell in love with it. And what keeps me running just to kind of prove that I can. I was talking to my boyfriend about this last night and any stressful situation that you face in life, I think if you can do like a marathon or whatever your distance might be that might be challenging to you, you know like a stressful work email isn't that stressful because you can do hard things. You can prove to yourself that you can, yeah, you can do hard things. Yes, we can do hard things. Uh, I think around 2010, I started to move my body a bit, uh, manage my mental health. Um, I think I was DJing a bit too much, having a few too many late nights. There's someone in the room that I've spent many a late night with. Uh, now we stop that for early mornings, but I think I just echo the sentiments on the panel that having that space alone to problem solve uh, and, you know, just to spend some time to kind of work things out and move and get some oxygen in the body was, yeah, the big motivator. Definitely resonate with a lot of what you all are saying. So tell us your ideal run. Let's start with you, Mo. Where are we distance? Are we alone with friends, music? What is the vibe? Um, I think it's really nice when, you know, we discussed on the shakeout run. You know, you'll have big moments and you might travel aboard and do distances or races. But then I have a very easy 5K run when I leave my front door. Uh, and, you know, after London on Sunday, I'll do that route with a smile on my face, might look at the watch, just admire the birds. So it's that familiarity of doing something I've done a thousand times, uh, but then also exploring something new in a new environment with new people. Um, yeah, I think my favourite one is that, that one that I do pretty much every single day. I love that though, and you can't really beat it, can you? It's like not particularly scenic, it's not particularly beautiful, but it's yours, it's like your loop. Although I am going to controversially say race day, it's the best day. I know that's like a cop-out answer, but I just don't think you can beat it. And to anyone running London, I'm biased because I'm from here, but it's the best race in the world, I personally believe. Um, other than that, I would say a long run with my dad because he ran years before I did. He did London so many times. I have such vivid memories of cheering him on and him 
honestly looking like he was going to collapse best in bed, like mile 18, giving us all really sweaty kisses or an interval session. Because again, just to prove to yourself, when you like, it's not, running is not about time. It's, it's, it's so not. But when you hit a speed that you didn't actually know that you could hit, I think it just reaffirms so much self-confidence. And, you know, it's again that proving to yourself that you can with great music would be my... <laughs> So I controversially really love hot weather running. Um, so I think my favorite run would be like early morning New York City where it's really balmy. The sun is coming out with friends. I love running with friends. I've, I mean, was a solo runner for a lot of my life, but now I think especially um, here and in the past few years have like really come to love running with people and spending that time with friends and just accomplishing something early in the morning. Amazing. I, I'm not a hot weather runner, so I need to learn from you. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, you all have been running for a very long time, like we've spoken about, and I'm curious for everyone in the room, if you could share from a general sense what you've learned on your running journey and, and something that you think this audience might benefit from learning as well. We'll start with you, Kamiko. So as, <clears throat> as I just mentioned, I was a solo runner for a really long time, and I think like that has really changed for me. And I think running now has become very much a team sport to me. And I think like I'd really encourage everyone to get out with friends, get, get out with a group of people because there's so much that you can learn and grow from one another um, that really over, I think like the past four years really has, has changed for me. And I just feel like as a person, as an athlete, um, I've grown so much from that through the running community. Yeah, I second that. I, I think, and I mean, again, perhaps I'm biased, but we as runners are quite special because I don't think I've ever met a runner that hasn't been friendly and really welcomed me into their run club or just been eager to get me to lace up with them or, you know, it's it's that sense of community, right? Um, but I wish someone had said to me earlier, actually, that it, it, perhaps a bit cliche, stop comparing yourself to other runners, stop comparing yourself to other people's paces. Why are you even that bothered about the pace? Because once you get out of that, and I think I did it for my first two, three years of running, really. I couldn't, you know, get out of looking at other people's split times and, oh, my gosh, they're running that much faster than me. And I wasn't enjoying it because I was so fixated on something that actually is kind of irrelevant and also only improves when you stop fixating on it. Um, so I think just focus on you, even if I'm sure most of the people in this room are runners, but if running isn't for you, find a way of moving that brings you joy and that you're not going to just be constantly looking at what other people are doing. Instead, like, what do you genuinely enjoy doing and what's going to get you out of bed every morning because you're looking forward to it and you're like, yeah, I actually can't, can't wait to do that. I wish I'd, I wish I'd known that. Just enjoying the moment. Uh, yeah, I echo uh, all the sentiments from the panel. Um, uh, I would say uh, it's not always just about the running for a lot of people. Um, most people in the room here would probably move for very different reasons. Um, and it's a really good way to, I think, to try and challenge challenge yourself to try and be a little bit better uh, and to try and problem solve. Um, yeah, I've made some amazing connections. Um, yeah, I... I really enjoy the sort of getting out on Thursdays at track and the new people that come along and they get inspired to try and step up to a first race. We've had some people who've purchased their first bib, done a shakeout run and got a medal and to be a part of people's journeys and their stories and to see them sort of progress is quite quite special. So yeah, if you can try and move with some other people. Um, my co-captain Sophie 
This is someone that I've seen running anti-clockwise or clockwise around Victoria Park for many years, and it frustrated me that we both run. We make eye contact, Saturdays, 8 a.m. Years and years later, you know, I plucked with the coach and went, hey, how's it good look in the race? Uh, yeah, one thing led to another, started a run community, and I said, hey, why don't you become the co-captain? So from running around in circles, we ended up becoming friends, and, and now we've sort of modestly built a small space. I love that. That's awesome. I didn't know that backstory. That's that's really, really special. Wow. Um, okay, so switching to the topic, the time of the season, when and why did you sign up for your first marathon and how did it go? First one. Allie, do you want to start? Sure. Um, I... It is actually quite a good story. So I always wanted to write, as I said. I knew I wanted to be a journalist, and I just so happened to land my first job at Women's Health magazine where it wasn't a question of if you were going to run a marathon. It was, when are you running a marathon? Luckily, I loved running anyway, um, and I got offered a spot uh, with Cancer Research UK, which is a charity super close to my family's heart. So I said yes, and I set off fundraising, um, and it just so happened to be the 27-degree 2018 London Marathon, which was quite something. Thing. Um, but just fell in love with it. I think crossing the finish line and and realizing that you've achieved something that I think it's like one percent of the population will ever achieve um, is pretty wild. That's so cool. Um, but also just immediately knowing that I perhaps wasn't near the pace where I wanted to be because of the heat wave and the fact my scalp was actually burnt. Um, I was like, right, I've got game on. I, I know I'll be back next year, and I, I kind of couldn't. Couldn't wait to get back and, and prove, you know, all of that that hard work, perhaps chip away a bit of time. Um, I did have the, the following day, though, to just <laughs> making toast in the kitchen. I remember so clearly dropping it and just going, yeah, that's gone then. That's, that's gone. <laughs> just left it on the floor. <laughs> so why did I run my first marathon? I was training for half marathons, really, with a bunch of marathon runners. And I kind of figured if I was doing the training, I might as well just commit and sign up for a race. Um, So I ended up getting into the 2020 New York City Marathon, which obviously did not happen. Um, I knew kind of early on that it wasn't going to happen, but I decided that I still wanted to train for a marathon anyway and just... I knew that the biggest hurdle for me was going to be dedicating the time, like mentally and physically, to be able to get in the amount of mileage that I needed to do to race. So I spent COVID just like every single day pounding pavement. Um, But then I knew that like mentally, physically, I was able to get in the mileage so that when things did open up and I ended up actually getting into the Berlin Marathon and running the Berlin 2021 Marathon before New York... um, I hit my goal, which was Boston qualifying in my first race, um, ran it in 3.14. And from then, I was hooked. That was it. Um, My first marathon, it brings back fond memories. It was 2018. Uh, I wasn't particularly training or had any goals. Um, Trackies, they run at Myland on Thursday nights. They still do. Uh, It's an offshoot of Rundem crew. Everyone had already signed up for races. They were going for PBs and and times. And I kind of got swept up into this training block. And then I just ended up signing up with about 10 others. And there was a very a moment I'll never forget. We, We met in Budapest on a Saturday. We did a shakeout run. There was about 100 runners and I 
kind of was there and I felt like, oh, I don't even really know these people, but we're all going to do this race. And some people did a relay and um, had a great out. Um, but I kind of realized that it's not always just about the running. Um, you know, I met an amazing group of people. There was a lovely 10 of us that had never sort of done this distance before. And we, we just took that risk and we said, yes, we did the training. We trusted the process. But um, yeah, some of these people are some of my best friends. And yeah, I can look fondly back at sort of taking that risk to join a group because it's not easy as an adult. You know, if you're going to fit in, it can be a bit nerve wracking. But yeah, probably one of the best choices I made on a Thursday night to swap the bar for the for the track. Fully recommend it. Also, for what it's worth, when I finished my first marathon, I texted my partner and my family, like, that was absolutely horrible. I'm never doing that again. So it's okay if you feel that way when you cross I feel the like line. we all say that, don't yeah. we? Like I say now, yeah, I knew I wanted to do another one. No, I didn't. I was like, never again. Ticked off. Done. And then the next day, I was like, oh, maybe I will. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. In general, we're going to dive a little bit more into race day and the concept of race day, but... Any race day mishaps, just from a general sense that we should learn from? Kamiko, I'm going to start with you. I mean, my, my biggest one was I was more prepared for the Berlin Marathon than I've ever prepared for anything in life. Obviously, I had all of that time in COVID to think about it. I, like, went to Berlin, had all my things packed. I packed two pairs of shorts because I was like, I'm going to decide the night of what I'm feeling for the next day decided which one, laid everything out. Next day, got up, got dressed, got ready. I don't even know when I figured out that I'd put on the wrong pair of shorts, but I managed to do it somehow. So like even the best laid plans like can go wrong. And I was messing with my shorts the entire race, but it still went well. So, you know, <laughs> things happen and you kind of just get on with it. So semi-similar actually. I tell people not to ever, ever run in kit on race day that they haven't run in for months. Like, for a living, and yet I still did it for my first marathon because um, I clearly don't listen to my own advice. So I'd all, all my, you know, shorts, sports bra, all of that, I'd worn loads, but for some reason I thought socks just didn't apply. I was like, yeah, I can wear new socks, that'll be fine. No, like 10 minutes in, I was like, right, one of my socks is rubbing, and obviously it's your first marathon, so you're so scared. You're like, well, that's it then, I'm not going to finish if I've got a sock that's rubbing. But I actually stopped around mile two, and a lady came out of the crowd with a compede and was like, do you need a compede? And I was like, yeah, I really do. Thank you. And then amazingly, she found me about a year ago on Instagram and was like, it's been so wild seeing your journey from this scared little 20-something with a massive blister because you didn't listen to your own advice um, and just following your journey. And it was such a, like, full circle moment for me. But, yeah, please wear your kit, guys. I should have listened to my own advice. Um, a funny story was, uh, I think earlier this year, I did the Goodwood uh, Race Circuit Marathon, um, signed up relatively last minute, and I just realised I'd sort of ran a bit low on some gels, um, asked a friend to bring some, and they were all caffeine gels for all the runners in the room. They might know where this story's going, I went, mm, it'll, it'll be kind of okay, um, Took one, took two, um, got 10k in and just had to sprint to the toilet pretty sweaty the race had several different start waves and distances and I was kind of sweaty had a bib on and this guy looked at me and he looked me up and down and he went you in the race I went yeah I went get let the guy go to the toilet <laughs> <laughs> embarrassingly so he let me go so yeah it was about four minutes and then I was back out and I was very prepared for all of the caffeine gels for the rest of the race had a had a great day out did wash my hands and sanitize it's all good but it does happen yeah caffeine gels ooh. 
Okay, so thinking about race day itself, um, Kamiko, you're running. Mo, you're also running. Ali's not, but she has run London. So it's Tuesday and the race is Sunday. What is this week about for you? How are you preparing? So number one, I'm hydrating, which I'm notoriously really bad at drinking water, but there is a bottle of water next to me, which I am drinking. Um, and I mean, outside of that, I'm probably doing all the things that you're not really supposed to do. And to be honest, I think that's fine. This week is all about kind of giving myself grace to be comfortable, um, done the work at this point. Obviously, doing all the things in, in terms of like fueling your body and making sure that your body is prepared for the race. But I'll have the odd glass of wine. You know, I'm trying to get sleep, but it's not all about following the rules and being so strict. Um, it's kind of just about enjoying it. Like this is, this is the celebration of all of the months of training. So, um, yeah, I do have kind of like a, a meal that I always eat before a race, which is pho, which we'll do on Saturday. Um, yeah. But other than that, I think you can really stress yourself out though. If you, and I, and I mean, I did this for my first marathon. I wanted to like follow the rules exactly as runners world told me to. And actually life isn't like that. You've just got to try and get sleep, eat the good carbs, and trust that you've done your training, I think. Yeah, and, and stressing out about it doesn't help, that's for sure. Um, okay, Mo, so transport us to you on Saturday night. What is your vibe? Are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you, you can sleep a full night and you're perfect? What is the energy like for you the night before the race? <sighs> Uh, I mean, the, the, the Saturday night's quite interesting for all runners. Uh, I recommend not staying out too late. Yeah. <laughs> Just get into six, seven o'clock and you've got a beer. That, that shouldn't be you. Um, I've got a shake-out run quite early Saturday. Um, I'll go home and get the pins out and double check breakfast and yeah I just try and really be grounded in those moments I think for races you can very quickly get to race day get to the start line and it's over and as Kimmy said there's a lot of hard work that's got into that day and just enjoy you know whatever happens on the day you know like race times don't define you what happens on the day doesn't define you you know getting to the start line is also a marathon um yeah I'm just going to enjoy sort of pushing the earth away and yeah just being really grateful that I get to enjoy running around this amazing city. Definitely, seeing some sights. Okay, Ali, so what, it's the morning of the race. What is going into your bag? What do you need to have in that starting village? And how are you keeping yourself calm? So what is going in my bag? That's a good question. Hopefully I've packed it the night before. I would hope I've done that. Um, but body glide, absolutely essential. Even if you're already like slathered in it, put it in for ease of mind, if nothing else. Pins, in case, God forbid, the pins go missing. Your bib, very important. Um, and then just like sliders for the end, normally a charge bank for my phone. Take like, I don't know, a little protein shake for the end and some snacks. Um, but the most important thing I think I do a lot of journaling during, you know, the 16, 20-week um, training block, however long the block has been. And I think we spoke about this on the call, I know, before the panel, but taking the time the week before, the day before, and the morning of to, like, just look back over how many hours you've trained and all the hard work you've put in and just, like, take a moment to celebrate what you've done. This is your victory lap. This is going to be hopefully one of the best days of your life um we also spoke about i always draw out i know you're slightly more techie than me i'm not that advanced but draw out the route make sure you know where the water stations are and just kind of like 
I don't know, go through your mantras in your head. I, I One of mine for London, the third one I did was just run strong. And it will be so personal to you and what resonates with you and your running journey. But having something, your kind of why, why you're running that you can fall back on when it gets tough, because it will get tough, it's quite a long way, um, I think is the most important thing to be doing the morning of. Also, eating your carbs is obviously important. But, yeah. Okay, Kamiko, it is a very long race marathon. So... You're starting to run. How do you not get ahead of yourself? How do you stay calm? How do you not hammer it from the beginning and pay for it later? How do you keep it in check? So a tip that I've got from my coach, Knox, um, that I do for every race is I always start with a bottle of Martin in my hand. So I'll run with it for the first, like, 5K or so, just, like, sipping on it. And that kind of keeps you from running too fast because you're carrying something, keeps you a little bit distracted. And then... Other than that, I, I really, the way that I run a marathon, and of course everyone runs it differently, I kind of try to take it mile by mile. I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. I know kind of the paces that I need to hit. So like, you know, I check in, you know, the watch beeps every mile and I'm like, okay, where am I at? Kind of check in. And then other than that, I'm not really paying attention to what's like, happening. I'm just feeling it. And this is another thing from my coach Knox is like running on field, like just like really getting into the groove, seeing how you're feeling. He'll usually give me a few points in the race where I need to check in, do a body scan, see how I'm feeling. And then at that point, kind of make a decision on what's the next move, whether you're staying steady or you're kind of going to turn it up a notch. And usually there's a point at the race, depending, and every race is different, whether it's a flat race or a hilly race, there's always a different strategy. So just keeping that in mind um, as I'm going through. And then, yeah, I think that's really it. Just taking it one step at a time. Um, Okay, so the London course for two that have ran it before. Give us a preview. What can runners expect? What is it like? What are things to look out for? What are amazing cheer spots? When is your watch going to go dead? Give us the download. I'm going to let you kick off. Okay. Um, so there's two split starts. So it's always fun, I don't know, five to seven K in, there's a big merger. And then that carnival kicks off where no one's got to watch. No one's running at a pace. It's like a sprint to the bar. Um, the Cutty Sark is pretty special. There are some really nice moments where you try and just try and look up and, you know, there's crowds of people shouting your name if you've got your name on your top. Tower Bridge is pretty special. Definitely try and look around. Some runners are looking at their watch and, you know, stomping the concrete. But, yeah, just try and embrace those moments. Uh, and I think the most special part is really bringing it into the mall where it's pretty decorated. There's people just shouting uh, your name. And, yeah, you get to hopefully get over that line. And, um, yeah, it's a quite an iconic course. I also agree. I was slightly, dare I say it, disappointed with Chicago Marathon last year. And I think it's because I've been spoiled by London. I know. <laughs> Sorry. Um, just because we get, like, one of the best sightseeing tours of the city whilst running a marathon. It's 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 wild. It, all, all, everything Mo said. Um, there is, like, the tunnel of death. I don't know if it's just my running group that calls it this, and I don't want to scare anyone because, like, you'll be absolutely fine. But around, I think it's mile 20, you go through this kind of underpass on South Bank and there are just, like, people dropping like flies. However, you won't. You'll be fine. And once you're through it, you're like, I'm nearly there. I'm nearly there. I've only got six miles to go. Um, I'm trying to think what the other highlights are. Birdcage, coming coming round knowing that you're nearly at 
the palace and you've nearly you've nearly done it i think also backdrop with london is just they're, they're so well organized even like all of the start pens it's so well organized so you don't need to worry about any of that you get your bag within about a minute of crossing the finish line which is very different other races i know so you're like soon reunited with really comfy shoes which is an absolute blessing and then actually one of my top tips was going to be if you are running make sure you know what letter your family are going to stand under in horse guards parade because there are massive flags with letters on we always go under h for head but otherwise you won't get signal at the end just know where you're meeting even if it's not at the end know where you're meeting your squad so you're not absolutely exhausted then trying to also answer phone calls and stuff that would be my top tip yeah definitely at the end of a marathon does your brain work i don't think so (laughs) um okay so let's talk about what to do when it doesn't go well. And this is, I'm asking for personal advice because I ran a marathon last fall where it didn't go well and my headspace also didn't go well. So what can someone, what can, what can someone do when they're in that position, when the race plan isn't working out, when things are starting to hurt earlier than they should, or you miss some nutrition, what can you tell yourself? So I would say it's important to probably go into the race, just having a plan A, plan B, plan C even, um, just to kind of manage your own expectations because the marathon is a long race and anything can happen. Um, and just be kind to yourself because if, you know, if something goes wrong, it's, it's not the end of the world. You're going to run through it. You've trained for it. And, um, you know, just, yeah, try to stay positive, which it can be difficult to do. It can be very difficult to do. Um, yeah. I was going to say exactly the same thing. Plan A, uh, goal A, goal B, and goal C. And actually, again, talking about this to my friends before the panel, goal C should surely always be finishing the race. You've done a marathon. I think we forget that so often we get wrapped up in times or what we've trained for, and actually you've still done an absolutely unbelievable thing. Having those mantras, like I said, or those whatever it is that, that keeps you going, it could just be songs that you can fall back on, knowing your why, I think... Is so important. I did a 37-mile virtual ultramarathon in lockdown because I, I think there was, like, nothing else to do. And I look right now and I'm like, why did I do that? But that's the problem. I didn't know why. And I got about 10 miles in and I realised that mental preparation is almost, in my opinion, as important as physical preparation because if it gets hard and you don't have that that, you know, ability to push through it, you're really, really going to struggle. But then also acknowledging that some days we just have off days. Some days it's just not the right day and it's not down to you and there will always be another opportunity. I echo what everyone else just said. Um, I think the word there is resilience. You know, you, you, you really have to show up for yourself on that day. And that day definitely doesn't define you if it's a PB or if it's not what you wanted. Uh, and you just have to just keep showing up. You know, if you fall down five, six, seven, you get up and keep going. Um, yeah, I think um, I've had some friends who've definitely, you know, they've tried to race for fast times, mile 18 to 20, it's just fallen apart and it's just been hard and they beat themselves up. And they sign up for another marathon and I try and question the why. Like, are you enjoying this process? Because it seems to be hard work. The sessions are hard work. So, yeah, try and have some fun. Um, it is running after all. Uh, don't take it so serious. Definitely. I mean, beating yourself up during the race, it doesn't help. I, I will tell you that. So that's, I think that's really sage advice from you three. Um, Okay, so you're running, you have a hard patch, you get over it, you have your beautiful mantra, and then you're running down the finish line. You're in the home stretch mo. 
Take us through how a runner is going to be feeling in that last bit and how can they celebrate? So hopefully you you stuck to the assignment. You didn't go out too fast. You've took some gels and hydrated. Yeah, <laughs> save that one caffeine gel if you want a little bit of a boost. Um, but the finished part is it can get really emotional. Um, I remember Amsterdam 2019 did the marathon there, finished, started crying. There was a runner in front of me who ran barefoot. I started crying for him. <laughs> um, and it's just, you know, that that real sense of achievement that it never goes away, that you can do hard things. And 26.2 miles is, is not a nothing. It's not easy. It doesn't get easier. The assignments get a bit harder. Um, and it's just that feeling of gratitude afterwards of you're just grateful for the day and hopefully everyone gets home in one piece uh, and then you just get to share the moment with loved ones and close ones yeah amazing um ali so what it, what do we do if we cross the line and we miss the pr by one second or or it's that little like sting of you had an expectation uh and you didn't quite meet it how can you how can you walk that off shake it off I think we've touched on it so much already, isn't it? And it's just having some perspective over doing such an amazing thing. And also thinking about how many thousands of runners there. I know, you know, not everyone does it for charity, but everyone is running for a cause so close to home. You've spent months of your life training for this day. And ultimately, if you've got your A, your B, your C, hopefully you, you met one of those. Um, also just like, yeah, celebrating your body and what you've achieved, taking the time afterwards as well to, if you're a writer, you might not be, but whatever, whatever way works for you, process it because the, the the week after the marathon can be quite sad I think when you've looked forward to it for so long and you've been so excited about it especially if you didn't hit a time that you, that you were hoping to hit or you know whatever, whatever else it may be um, so just taking some time to be like I did a really amazing thing and if it's meant to be it will be at another time I think yeah definitely I think that's also so important right like you've trained so hard you need to also acknowledge and and be proud of yourself for that okay so We've crossed the line, we're celebrating, and it's the next day. Our body feels amazing as we walk down the stairs. Kamiko, how can we recover? What are the next weeks, two weeks about? And how can we get back to our life, honestly, because it's hard to bend your knees? So, I mean, as much as it is difficult to keep moving, I think just keeping moving, whether that means walking down the street or... If you're in another city, um, which often you are for a marathon, just doing some exploring. Um, I like to kind of plan for days after the marathon to be around friends and be around people who also ran the marathon. Um, we have this thing um, with my club in New York, Roses, um, that we call Marathon Melancholy, which is kind of like you have this low after the race, which like I don't think I even thought about or had heard about before running a marathon, but it's like you have this huge like rush of adrenaline, serotonin, and then all of that kind of drops off after the race and after and the next couple of days. So being kind to yourself, being around people who support you and can kind of like act as a big hug for you. Um, and then, yeah, from there, just like continuing to, to celebrate and just... I mean, from there, it's on to the, ne the next one, maybe, <laughs> thinking about that, but yeah. Okay, so we're going to wrap up here shortly, but if anyone has any Q&A, we'll leave a little time for that. Um, we actually didn't talk about why are the two of you running London? Tell us a little bit more about why that happened. Hey. Um, I wanted to run the London Marathon since before I moved here, um, which was two and a half years ago. But I 
I'm so thrilled to be running it. This is actually my first time running a home city race. I've, I've run races in cities that I used to live in, but this is the first time where I live here and it's like, it's all happening around me. And I'm so excited to be surrounded by a community of people that I love um, and running in a city that I love. So, yeah. Um, so, early part of this year, Black Trail Runners, who um, they're a campaigning charity to try and diversify, uh, democratize the outdoors, um, they basically said, put your name down, we might have a bib for London Marathon. And there was about 55 people who put their hand up. Um, and then London Marathon events granted all 55 runners bibs. So a campaigning charity to try and have more diversity in the outdoors and running um, have got a significant amount of runners, a lot of first-time roadrunners getting to the start line. So it's really important that, you know, when you look at diversity of races, there's a lot more work that can be done. Um, you know, women should also have you know, the opportunity to get to start line. Um, I think one of the majors is now sort of adapted to sort of you know, to try and sort of accommodate, um, you know, women and postpartum, et cetera. So these are really important conversations. Uh, you've got the business end of things around speed and time, but there's also a real a real big mix of people at the back of the pack. I think London Marathon events have done good work to have more paces and to extend sort of not having all of the roads shut off. You know, that's the whole other end of the race, but it's still the same people covering exactly the same distance. So I'm just going to be really proud to step out and try and show that you can be a British-born Pakistani running marathon you can do hard things so you just have to kind of keep showing up and hopefully inspire some other people to to try and give it a go definitely and i'm really i'm really excited to watch you two race and ali because i know you love 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 this race why should someone in this audience race london in the future i'm so biased it's the best race in the world i haven't done them all so i can't actually say that um just the energy from the crowds it is like unlike anything i've ever seen before you won't have a single second of that course where you're not being cheered and your name's not being shouted out if it's on your bib there are people who like go and buy their own supplies for you and give you orange slices from the front of their gardens yeah it's just it's it's unlike any other race and Exactly as I said, you're quite distracted the whole way, I think, because you've got so many amazing landmarks. You've got so many amazing, you know, of the London running community show up. I know your friendly runners, so, so many are always there, you know, supporting everyone. Um, what mile is Rundum 21? 21 is always spec. It's a special, yeah, very special race for a number of reasons. Um, and then you get to finish at the Queen's House. So, or I should now say King's House. the King's House. <laughs> Cool. Okay, well, let's open it up for some Q&A. Does anyone have any questions? We also answered a lot, so it's okay. Hey, Hi. go ahead. Hi. Um, I am not a runner. I'll put it out there. I find the concept of running really daunting. Um, I just feel like what, and you guys are clearly great at it, so <laughs> what advice can you give someone who actually wants to start doing it I think one of my um, friends, James, who works at the Running Channel, always his running mantra is always forwards. One one step in front of the other, always forwards. Even if you, you know, catch 5K is how I started. I was massively unfit and was like, right, let's give this a go then, see if it works. Also, I think there's this real... Um, you know, myth that if you run during, uh, sorry, running during a run would be helpful, walk during a run, um, 
it's not going to count as a run and that's just factually incorrect. So just, I, I would say, I'm going to let the qualified coach tell you next, but I would say, um, start, start slow and go as far as you can go and then build, build from there and just enjoy it. And that's what it's meant to be about. Over to you. I'm going to let Mo take this one. Um, that, yeah, it's a really pertinent question. Uh, and I think if you can try and find someone that you know that runs and, you know, can you show me? Can you bring me um, to our group track and call? You know, we will happily make every single necessary adjustments. If that's a Zoom before, if I have to come and meet you at the Tube, um, if you want me to suggest kit items to make you feel comfortable and seen and heard is really, really important. And I, I would say wherever you need to go find your community, go find a space that you feel welcomed. You know, some clubs might not be the space, but there, there are specific groups that can, you know, really sort of enhance that first experience because it can kind of make or break you coming back. Um, but yeah, try, try and find, there's got to be someone at work who's always doing a lunch run like I was, or there must be a family member or old friend that's runs a little bit and they can just, you know, kind of get you confident moving a little bit. That's the, that's the main aim because, you know, it's, it's a lot better if you can kind of move together. I don't really have anything to add to that. <laughs> Those were great answers. Any other questions? Um, how is Hilly is the marathon called? I should probably know this. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> In unison. I mean, when you look at the elevation plot, it technically is meant to be a flat race, but, you know, you want a road marathon to be like Berlin flat because when you've done 20 miles or 21 or 22, a slight hill feels like a really big hill. Um, and if you haven't been doing that strength conditioning, you, you can feel it. If anyone was nerdy enough to watch all the Boston Marathon, lots of hills the goat got caught out so yeah it's not relatively hilly but you know you've got to think spending two three hours four on your feet small little hills really become a bit big in the mind it's not as bad as that hill <laughs> any other questions oh ollie um really really difficult one how long should you rest I think it's a personal question. It's just about listening to your body. Um, for me, it it's varied based on how I felt after different races. I've been out the next day, and then in after other races, it's been weeks. And you know, just give yourself grace to do whatever feels right. Yeah, I would, I would echo that. I think if you've been putting in the hard miles and saying no to occasions and early mornings and not seeing friends, I'd definitely tell you to lean in to go for that beer with someone, get that coffee, don't make those excuses. Um, take as long as the body needs. Uh, I'll have another massage this week, an Epsom salt bath on Sunday, try and swerve the after party-ish not too late but do a French exit and yeah just have to look after my body because like Kimmy said I really want to go for that everyday run that I do Monday down the little greenway and smile at people like who's this weird guy and I'm like yeah I don't have to do 26 miles today <laughs> enjoy another coffee because I can so um, yeah just take as long as you need to and just let your body recover you only get one body and two legs it's really important I've had friends who've had really serious hip injuries women and they can't no longer run mid-30s quite serious you know so I would hate for people to try and you know really ring themselves out and 
try and get back on the horse a bit too quick. Just in, enjoy the moment. You know, there's not much you should be doing after a big marathon because it is that. Um, so, yeah, just, uh, yeah, go check in on all those friends that you, you had an excuse to not go for a wine with or a coffee or something. Okay, one last question. That's a great question. So yes, I always pack running clothes. <laughs> um, but my favorite running city isn't one that I've traveled to. It's actually New York where I lived for 10 years. I love running New York so much. I love the bridges. I love the parks. Um, it's so easy because it's a grid. You can kind of just turn your brain off and run around. Um, yeah. I also... Always take my running clothes, which is a bit sad, isn't it? But no, I love it. My um, friends will actually attest to this. We went to Aarhus, which I can't say, in Denmark this weekend. And we were on the tiny Ryanair bags, like tiny. And so I was like, right, how much of my running kit can I wear so that I've got the option to <laughs> run if I want to? Um, I think my favourite place I've ever run is probably the mountains in Switzerland, which, again, some of my family live there. Savage, and I'd forgotten that this year. I was doing hill sprints, and because obviously you're at altitude as well, you're like, wow, I'm unfit. It's not. You're just pushing yourself in a different way, but it's, it's almost like Microsoft screens over levels of beautiful. So, yeah, really, really gorgeous place to run. Um, yeah, same again. Uh, take running kits everywhere just in case. Uh, my partner, when I told her about this run streak I, I started in 2022, she got really freaked out and said, if we go on holiday, I want to go to like a vineyard. And I was like, I'll run in the morning. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's always a bit of time to go for a run. Uh, but for me, I think um, the best place is just where I get to share a few miles with some, some loved ones, some new people, some old faces, some people that uh, I haven't seen for a very long time. And the, that's the special location for me, wherever that could be. Cool. Let's give our panelists a round of applause. Thank you so, so, so much. Good luck to everyone running Sunday or a future marathon any of these days. I'm so, so thankful that you three were up here. Amazing advice, really awesome. Reasons to run, reasons to run this race, reasons to keep running. And I, I'm leaving inspired, so I hope everyone else is too. But yeah, let's uh, we can hang out uh, in the space for a little bit. And I'm so happy all of you came. So thank you as well. Thank you so much for listening to this Marathon Expert panel and a big thank you to Kimiko, Mo and Ali for being such knowledgeable guests. If you're listening to this before you race a marathon, good luck on that start line. And if you enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more like it, let us know via an Instagram message or emailing hello at prusan.co. This Prusan Studios panel event and podcast were both produced by Undeniable Studios.